Hello there, MMA community. Welcome to MMA Lowdown Interviews. MMA Lowdown, where we bring you the lowdown of the world of MMA every single week. Today's guest was UFC Bantamweight veteran Rocky Raquel Pennington. It was a pleasure having her on. It was good to have a wee chat. I get to understand how she's been since that last dominant finish and the last dominant fight against Marion Renault. Unfortunately, she's had a wee kind of a break since then, but she's been ensuring that she's keeping up to date with the sport, making sure that she's fit and healthy. Plans of another fight taking place in June 2021 is on the cards. But it was good to hear a lot about what she gets up to out with the fighting. Um, gymnastics, what she listens to while she's uh, getting prepared for a fight. A bit the credit that she deserves. She's fought a lot of different people, the accolades that she's got, the amount of people, names that she's fought. We still don't feel she gets the deserved credit. So I want you to have a wee listen to this and enjoy what Raquel's got to say and enjoy, like me, being a fan, hearing about fights like hers with Misha Tate and hearing about what it was like fighting Nunes and what's next on the card. So mind, tune in to MMA Lowdown and ensure you subscribe to all the social medias MMA Lowdown for all the great future episodes we've got coming. Thank you. Kind of back and forth at this moment in time. What's kind of downtime for you then? So if you're getting a wee nap, is that kind of what you do? Have you got any other things that you got up to? Yeah, um, you know, I wake up in the morning and stuff and kind of just go on with my routine. Uh, go do, usually I train either two or three, two or three times a day. Right now I coach high school gymnastics, so kind of in between there, just kind of fitting everything in. But um, in the times that I have some downtime, I just give some rest, recover. Awesome. I never knew about the, the kind of gymnastics stuff. So is that something that you've always done or just something that you're kind of getting done now? No, I've always coached high school gymnastics. Um, well, I've been around gymnastics my entire life. My mom's mm. been a gymnastics coach for about 37 years now. Uh, awesome. I grew up around it. And then um, I started coaching about six years ago. Awesome. So that's like occupation then. So as well as being a fighter, then that's kind of what you do when you're not fighting then as a kind of career. Yeah, I, uh, cool. I enjoy giving back. I enjoy being around young athletes. Um, I mean, like I said, I've been in every sport growing up. So I've coached basketball, I've coached softball, I've coached gymnastics, um, and then I coach MMA. And it's kind of just what I like to do. It's uh, it's something to still be around my passion, but to mm-hmm. kind of give back in a different way than always being the athlete and putting in the work. No, that's kind of awesome then. So it's like you, you've not really got an excuse or, or a more more a means to be able to kind of let yourself go in that manner because you're always active you're always doing stuff and kind of keeping busy and burning calories and keeping muscle maintained and all that so no that's really cool so I just wanted to ask you as a fighter like during the COVID era are you managing to polish up a lot of tools doing that there learn a bit more about yourself without getting any kind of distractions going on with with COVID going on yeah, so with COVID going on, so with the, the kind of downtime, if you will, between fights, you're no managing to get fighting or get into training camp. So what you're doing now then, is that what you're doing, being able to polish up your skills, your jujitsu and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think for me, just during these strange times and everything, I mean, I fought last June. Um, mm. So obviously COVID hit back in March and the world was kind of getting a little crazy and closing down and stuff. And then I fought in June. And then everybody who's been following like my career and everything, um, I've been battling that thyroid issue for a few years. 
So I was on some medication and I reached out to USADA um, with the whole thing, trying to get everything taken care of and just get healthy. Well, I ended up on a suspension for six months. So I've kind of had the downtime from there and it's just given Mm -hmm. me the opportunity. It's almost been like a forced break, like as frustrating as it's been. Mm -hmm. um, It's given me the opportunity just to kind of take some downtime to have that forced time um, to kind of just do other things. So obviously um, the school's allowed for the girls to have a gymnastic season. So I've been putting effort into that and then just kind of training at my own pace without having to constantly grind towards a fight and push at that high intensity. Now I can actually like slow down, polish up things, learn new things, um, kind of just have fun in the gym with it. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. Um, just until I get cleared from this, I'm cleared in May and then I'm hoping to fight in June. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So it'll be a year out and for your last one. So I remember yeah. the fight in June. Uh, I mean, it felt a very one-sided one over renew in terms of at least the kind of scrappy, a lot of against the cage, a lot of hitting, a lot of grinding. How did it feel? So we know that you've been active and then there was a period where you weren't active and that a couple of things went on in terms of injuries and that. So how did it feel getting back in and kind of winning in such a dominant fashion? You know, I felt really good. It was the first time that I've actually felt like myself since probably 2016 when I fought Misha Tate. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I went into that fight with Misha Tate and I had a torn right shoulder uh, which is the reason I was jabbing the heck out of her in that fight, just using that jab a lot. And then I went into my total reconstructive shoulder surgery and it's just, it's been a rough roller coaster trying to get back and actually feel like myself, like for being a professional athlete and being in tune with my body all the time and then developing the thyroid issue. Like I just felt like I was never in a consistent pace with myself. And, um, so to actually get back out there last June and go out and perform and like have fun. And my body was kind of like, functioning what I've known it to function like, like my mm-hmm. brain felt clearer and just in a completely different place. Like it was a really good feeling, which made this layoff really frustrating because it's like, yeah. man, now I got a glimpse of what it felt like to be myself and to get mm-hmm. back out there again. And then now all of a sudden I got to take more time off. So just another little bump in the road, but uh, it's been good. No, you did. It did seem um, kind of back to yourself in terms of that kind of scrappiness and kind of not that you had to dig deep, but you were in just a uh, a kind of sense when you had your breaks, you got back into that. It was really amazing to see. So see the prep in that camp compared to normal kind of camp. Was there a big difference, a big change? Um, No, I mean, everything was, I think the only difference was obviously like we were in the middle of COVID and mm. they called me on a four weeks notice and was like, hey, do you want to fight? And so it was kind of one of those things to where you don't really have the opportunity to get into your mind or to do anything. And it was just like, all right, well, my main focus at this point is trying to just get the weight off. Cause I mean, here we are, all the gyms are closed and stuff. And so let's get in the best shape that we can in these four weeks and let's just go out and have fun. And mm-hmm. I think that was something that really worked for me. And like I said, I mean, obviously with COVID starting at that time, it was a forced time off as well. So it kind of just like, I think my body, as much as I didn't want to reset and as much as I had so much time off through the injuries and stuff, like I was just in such a hurry to get back. But I think actually kind of just having that more time off and focusing on other things allowed me the opportunity just to truly reset. So, and, you know, I think it played a big part too. just kind of, um, Tisha obviously fought on the same card. And so we both kind of just went in camp at the same time and Mm -hmm. it just, it turned out to be like this fun little competition thing. Yeah. No, I felt that being able to see it, it showed you, you had, you had your break of course, and then you went back into it. So in a sense, it's like, right, I've been for a break. I'm back in, this is what I'm still capable of after that. So, I mean, although this is kind of struck, um, I think it's pretty much going to be a case of being able to do the same thing when you get into your fight, hopefully in June. So, 
I was doing my prep for this right now. See, the thing is, like, when you're looking on Wikipedia or UFC and stuff, um, you've really fought like a, a who's who of the sport. Like, see, when you kind of rattle off the names, uh, you've got Nunes, Holm, Andras, and Zinganu, and stuff like that. Um, totally amazing just the, the amount of names you've been through. Do you feel that you get the kind of credit that you deserve for not just the amount of times that you fought, but the kind of type of competition? I mean, we're talking. We're talking high-level people. We're talking people who have been champion, former champions. Do you feel you get the credit? I do not. I, uh, you know, I feel like I'm highly underrated. I feel like I've always been the underdog, um, which I mean, at the end of the day, for competition purposes, like it takes the pressure off of me mm-hmm. um, going in there as the underdog. But it's really frustrating because I work hard, and you know, I've held my position for a really long time. I, I've been ranked within the top 10 in the UFC for years, I think since almost 2014. And, you know, a lot of people, they see my name come across or they see my record as what is it? 11, eight or something like that. And they just get super distracted by numbers, but it's like, you look at those things and I have a lot of things when it, I have a lot of credentials behind me. I have a lot of huge names that I've fought. And like, mm-hmm. if you go back and look at my record, like they're not even these crazy drastic losses like all of them are to decisions and just really frustrating losses um so no I mean I definitely don't agree that I get the credit that I deserve but uh I mean I think for me it's kind of one of those things to where it's a little bit more motivating and Mm -hmm. once I get this opportunity to get back in there and kind of get back into my routine like I feel like I'm in a prime right now and I have the opportunity to absolutely turn that around so yeah no, that's fine. That's what I was just kind of saying there. I mean, when I look at the names, I mean, there's names that I didn't even mention who were on that list. And um, apart from even in tough and that, we've seen that you fought people who have got names, went on to do a lot of good things as well. So I just wanted to ask you, so I was a big fan of MMA for a long time, UFC. I had a wee break, but when I became more familiar with you again was the, the Misha Tate fight in uh, 2016. So I just wanted to ask, I mean, based on obviously her being your coach and tough. How was it to actually fight her? Like when the fight got brought to you, was it something that you were kind of thinking, hey, I'm not quite sure about that? Or it's like, you know what? This is my mentor in a sense. I want to kind of show her that I'm capable of being able to beat her after all the accolades that she's had. Was there any kind of element like that going in? You know, for me, it was a different kind of fight, honestly. It was just kind of one of those things to where um, I remember giving, I remember after the fight, I was talking to Joe Rogan. Of course, the excitement was just like, all there i mean it's a huge opportunity ufc just got cleared to fight at madison square garden for the first Mm -hmm. time like history was being made um it was a huge fight with me and misha so there was a lot of emotions going and i kept asking him i was like uh what is that quote and he was like i don't know and i was like yeah me either but it's uh it's when your um idols become your rivals Mm -hmm. pretty much and that's what i was trying to think of that day because i mean when i first got into mma misha is one of the first women i ever seen fight and so Mm -hmm. then to go on and to see where my own career progressed and when I actually met her at Invicta Fighting Championships and then when I became on the Ultimate Fighter and I was one of her students and then listening to everything that she ever told me on the show and she was just like you know you're gonna go far blah 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 and then to turning into she invited me out to her second fight camp to face me or uh, Ronda Rousey so I went out there and helped her prepare for that Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like UFC called me and they're like, Hey, Misha called and asked to fight you. And it was just like, wow, like it was a big thing for me, but then it was just, it was really different. Cause we built like such a different kind of relationship and we had so many different aspects to it mm-hmm. that when that fight came along, I, uh, it was hard to almost go into fight week. Like I kind of basically had to put on like 
my resting bitch face and just kind of get into <laughs> zone and like act like I didn't even know her. So that mm-hmm. way I personally can just zone in and go out and do what I had to do. Um, but, you know, overall, I mean, that was a very memorable fight for me. And like we shared a very special moment in the octagon that they captured the photo of. And I remember in that moment, like Misha Tate told me she was just like, you're going to be world champion one day. Like, mm-hmm. I know it. And so uh, it was it was a big thing for me. No, no wonder. I was just about to mention that photo because that's the one thing that stands out for me after seeing it in um, perhaps the world. So she's back now, five year. When I say a layoff, of course, she's been busy kind of doing a lot of stuff over at one. Um, now she's back. Now, we know how the game changes very fast in terms of athletes, competition, people's skill sets, even five years ago are nothing compared to what they are now. How do you think she's going to do in terms of that? I mean, as a fighter, realistically, we know, of course, that you've got history in that. But as a fighter, knowing how long layoffs are and knowing how the game's changed, do you think that she's uh, do you think it's a good move, really? You know, I, I didn't think in the first place that Misha was done fighting. I think she's a very talented fighter, obviously. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot more that goes behind us in this place. That we're all humans. We have personal lives. And I think that a lot of that was playing a part in her and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I think the time off her, for her was definitely great. But obviously, she still has that fire in her heart. Um, I expected her to come back, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think... Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how she's just kind of recharged in life, um, like where her fires lit again. And the fact that she has new motivation. I mean, she's with she's with Johnny and she has two babies and like that just that brings something different to life in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think uh, I think it'll be a good thing for her. I think it's a good move for her to come back. She's young. And like I said, she's talented. Um, it'll It'll definitely be interesting. Um, to see how it all plays out. I know that ever since she announced that she was coming back, like my social nets have been blowing up and everybody's like, oh, she's coming for you and this, that or another. And she's coming for the world title. And like, sure, we're all coming for it. Like bring it on again. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? But um, yeah, you know, I think it's great that uh, I think it's great she's back. No, I think so as well. Um, like you said, she's only, what, 34, I think. And, I mean, we've seen that there's a lot of longevity going on in that. I mean, certainly in the men's and the women's, there's a kind of contrast between that. So would you take a rematch if it was thrown your way? Because we know that you're coming off a win. Um, no doubt she'll have a fight. If you don't get a fight um, in June, she'll have a fight. If she wins the fight, um, of course, you, you win. You need another couple of wins to get back up to title contention. Would you take a rematch? Honestly, I'm the type of person I've never turned on a fight. I don't care if you're ranked number one. I don't care mm-hmm. if you're the champion. I don't care if you're ranked number 50. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like everybody who is in the UFC brings a different challenge to the table. And I love challenges. Um, and I'm in the sport for a reason. And I mean, the competition, like, it's only continuing to grow. Yeah. And so, like I said, I mean, anybody wants a rematch, anybody wants to fight. I'm the person that will never turn down a fight. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm always open for a rematch. No, it'd be awesome to see. So, Looking at your social media, looking at a lot of stuff you're doing, now I'm aware that you've done a lot of teaching and coaching going on and stuff. So um, it looks to me that you're not in a very intense kind of camp mode, but based on what you were talking about getting back in in the next day, couple of months, are you in a kind of semi-camp, keeping yourself healthy just in case that kind of call-up comes up in the preparation for another fight? Yeah, so I'm actually in camp. I'm fighting June 12th. Right, right, okay. And, um, but, like, I'm just keeping it mellow. I'm keeping it fun. I'm just going every day like there's no reason you know what I mean like I grind every single day mm-hmm. in the gym multiple times a day and there's no reason to like that intensity is going to keep going up but I'm just 
I'm doing things a lot different now and just, uh, in a better place for me mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so, um, yeah, I mean, just staying in shape, working out every single day, working towards the ultimate goal, um, taking one fight at a time. So you say June the 12th, I mean, have you got an opponent lined up or? Yeah, I can't say her name. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's no worries. I was just about to say, have you got anyone in mind, anybody to get back in the mix? That's fine. So, no, that's awesome to hear. I, I didn't think it would be so soon, but even better. So, based on what you've told me and what we're kind of seeing in terms of your fighting and all that, is the title firmly in your sights? We know you've been very close before. We've seen the Nunes fight and stuff. So, you fought former champs, beat former champs. It seems that you're... Um, kind of always in that wee circle, kind of fighting for a title. Is that is that still very much the plan then? Not just the case of fighting, but um, chasing that ultimate pinnacle of the title? Oh, most definitely. You know, that's the ultimate goal, and that's exactly where I want to get. I want the opportunity. You know, a lot of people, I think, have forgot about that fight. They got really distracted on the fact of the whole situation with yeah. my coaches, fourth mm-hmm. round and everything. But a lot of people, like I said, the people who follow me, the people who have understand what I've been through and, like, the things that it's taken to get to those points, like, there was a lot going into that fight with Amanda. I mean, I came off of an 18 month layoff. I, yeah. we were scheduled to fight in December. I broke my leg and like, I rushed back way too fast. And Amanda kicked my leg in that first minute of that first round. And I fell on my ass. And when I stood up, it took everything I had to stand up. And when I was in the corner in that first round, you know, I told them I didn't want to fight anymore because <clears throat> I've been in fights where I've had broken bones. I've taken stitches. Like I've had cuts, like nothing has distracted me. Mm-hmm. But to feel that nerve damage that I had in my leg, like my leg wasn't ready. But at the end of the day, at the end of that fight, um, I was the first girl to pretty much go five rounds with her before anybody ever did. And she's mm-hmm. over here knocking out the best of the best. And so it was just really frustrating. Like, I obviously want to get back there and I want a second run at her. And now that my body is healthy and my leg is actually 100% healthy, like I do want to fight Amanda again. And so that's what I'm working towards. Um, you know, I think it's going to take like one or two really good wins, and mm-hmm. then uh, I should most definitely have that opportunity, but I'm not far from it at all. No, that's what I'm saying. You're always in the mix. It's something that um, everybody's kind of chasing to. You've been there before, so there's no reason why you can't get back after a couple of wins. So what would the belt, what would winning the belt mean to you, like, deep down? Like, what would it mean to you after all the hard work that you've done, all the adversity, the resilience through your injuries? How would it feel to actually win it? Honestly, you know, I mean, winning that belt, it's obviously the ultimate goal um, for the highest level that we can get to. So to become a world champion, like there's honestly no words to describe that. But for me, I think that would be all these years. It would be the 14 years or 15 years, however long right now I've been in the sport for 14 years. But it would be all those days that I woke up and the days that I didn't want to push through the days that my body felt like it was going to break the days that nobody believed in me or I didn't even believe in myself. Mm -hmm. But then you know, it'll be for the ones who believed in me the entire time and pushed me and motivated me. And like, just all the success, like it'll come down into that one moment and just be Mm -hmm. one massive accomplishment. And, you know, it's just something that's to build to my legacy and what I've been doing. And the reason why I wake up every single day and grind as hard as I do. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not something that's just for me, you know, it's, it's obviously for me, it's the ultimate goal. And like, it's my accomplishment, but person of like value and team and family and faith and like I have amazing fans I have amazing friends I have amazing family and an amazing team who's stood by me this entire time through the ups and downs and then the girls that I've coached throughout these sports and the younger kids who have looked up to me and they're inspired by me like it would be for all of them too you know Mm -hmm. just one massive just overall life accomplishment so 
No, it's like the cherry on the cake there. I mean, your legacy is already, I mean, personally, the amount of people you've fought and all that, I think you've got a legacy in your own right already. So I think that getting there um, kind of sealed the deal. So you fought everybody. Obviously, you've still got people to fight. There's a lot of new people coming up and that that you can kind of get your hands on and that. So if you were to win, would you be happy to kind of sail off in the sunset? You fought everybody. You've won the belt. Um or would you kind of go back into it and go, you know what, I'm going to continue to defend it and defend it and uh, just kind of keep your name there as the best and the most dominant and just kind of keep to make a statement out there with the belt? Yeah, so, you know, obviously the belt's the ultimate goal, but Mm -hmm. I think that being a true champion is you have to at least defend your title. So at least one or two title defenses minimum and Mm -hmm. then uh, to move on and see what other opportunities open from there. But I definitely wouldn't just win the title and then call it quits from there. I mean, yeah, that was one accomplishment. Now let's defend it and show that I am a champion for a reason. And so that would be the next goal. Sounds awesome. So I just end my interviews with a couple of wee quick fire questions just to kind of lighten up a wee bit and stuff. So what's your feeling during the stare down? I've seen a lot of your stare downs and we could see that there's a lot of intensity going on. So kind of refraining back to what you said about getting angry and, seeing Misha take in a different light. How do you feel in a stare down? Are you always kind of mentally tapped in or do you need to kind of put a game face on for that? Um, you know, everybody loves the stare downs. They love the intensity and like to just kind of build that hype and stuff. When I go in there, I mean, I honestly just stare into their eyes. And before I go in, my coaches are like, oh, stare into her soul. And it's always like this little laugh and joke that we have and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for me, it's just part of the show. And so I go in there and I just like to look in their eyes and, I, you know, I look at my opponent, I look the vibes that they're letting off. I look at how they breathe, the way that their eyes are moving, like, and I just, I embrace the moment. And do you see any kind of like opponents, like if they kind of look away or they, they kind of blink a bit too much to the show, any signs that you're kind of like, wait a minute, I think I've gotten to them perhaps more than they're meaning to let me know. Yeah, you can see some who just like their vibes definitely change, like their breathing definitely gets intense or when our fists are up in each other's face, like some of their knuckles are actually like shaking and, you know, but I mean, you, everybody can read into those the way that they want. I mean, I like, I definitely like, I feel confident going into my fights and stuff, but I will be the first to say that I am stage fright. I hate Mm -hmm. doing all the stage stuff. So like, wow, that plays some emotion for me and whatnot. But I mean, everybody can kind of read into things the way that they want, but yeah, I like to just, I'm all about a person who I love to pick up on vibes and like just read people. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool just to see everybody's different demeanors when you're in those moments or, you know, I mean, girls for the most part, I don't think any of us really fall into the whole fact of talking shit to each other, but I had a couple of stare downs where the girls just decided to get a little lippy. So mm-hmm. that always gets fun. No, that sounds awesome. And I mean, the thing that gets, I don't know how much you read social media in terms of comments and that, but um, as a fan and an observer, it even frustrates me because I'm reading stuff and it's like you've got these sudden experts who are like, oh shit, she, she's kind of fearing for her life or oh shit, she's ducking this person, she's scared. And I'm like, right, these, first of all, these individuals fight for a living. This is a profession. Um, they wouldn't be in this if they were scared of anybody, you know. And I don't know, do you yeah. get that kind of troll thing going on? And does it actually, does it get to you? Because, I mean, it, it gets to me and I don't even fight. You know, I think it's just more annoying than anything. It's kind of like comical just because all of a sudden you have a million coaches coming at you and they know everything, or you have people who they got things broken down or they can understand everybody's mindset. And so it's just really entertaining to see the way that everybody's mind frame is and the way that they think they can put their speech in there. And 
kind of just give their opinions. Um, for me, I just kind of take it as a grain of salt because it is what it is. Like they're not close to my circle. They don't know mm -hmm. how I perform. They don't know me as an individual. They don't know me as an athlete. And so, um, the only things that really matter is, you know, I build the trust with my coaching staff. Like I said, I have amazing family. I have amazing friends and a great support system. I have really true friend to true fans that, um, mm -hmm. those are the ones that I value most. And, you know, I like to like get on my social nets and I like to interact with people and take as much time, but you're always going to have those trolls on there who they just got to fill their importance in some shape or form. And I just on to the next. Perfect response. I couldn't argue that. So what music gets Raquel Pennant and pumped up for fights then? What are you listening to when you're uh, working out? Honestly, it just, I have no idea. It all really just depends. I am, um, I just, it kind of depends on the moods I wake up yeah. in. I love every genre of music. Um, I'm like, music just speaks to my soul. Yeah. And so if I want to be mellow, I mean, it can go anywhere. I love country. I'm a country girl. I love um, Christian music. I love rap music. I love like, um, alternative music. I love rock and roll. I love R and B like everything that you can think of. So it honestly kind of just depends if I'm like super bubbly, then I just want like some bachata and I just want to yeah. sit there and dance and have some reggaeton. Um, if I kind of just like feel like myself getting a little bit higher in emotions and I want to calm down a little bit, then like I said, I'll put on something that's just more mellow and just kind of sing to it. But I listen to like the beats are kind of what feed my soul. So mm -hmm. it, all, it all just depends. So, so like if you're going into like wars, war mode for a camp, could you listen to like Garth Brooks and still be kind of intense and good to go? Like listen to what Garth Brooks, uh, Garth Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Damage. yeah my wrestling <laughs> is, uh, he's huge in country. So we have, um, our mission for gold country playlist and mm -hmm. we'll put that on and we'll just, we're both wrestling and we're not even talking, but we'll catch both of ourselves singing and just Thanks. grinding it out. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I can listen to whatever, like sometimes people, they're like, how in the world do you like lift to this or get so motivated? Cause it could mm -hmm. just be your slow and mopey, just whatever kind of music. But I honestly, like, I just love it. I'll just, I feel the vibe and it calms me down and I get the work done that I need to. And then other mm -hmm. times like, I just want to get rowdy and get crazy and we'll put on some rock and everybody's screaming around acting all crazy and just having a good time. So just, it's all vibes. No, that's good to hear. I mean, no pun intended, but when I think of training and all that, I think they like the Rocky Ford, you know, the training montages and all that. I, as generic as it sounds, that's what I picture because like it says, you're going into very intense uh, wars, if you will. So it's kind of cool to hear that you can listen to a bit of everything and uh, still be able to feel the same vibe. Um, yeah. So UFC computer game, you ever played yourself in the game and how long did it take for you to, to kind of go and find yourself on it when it was released? Oh, so when the game first came out, obviously it was, it was exciting and everybody's like, oh, we got to play the game. <laughs> so my roommate at the time, my best friend, she bought the game and I about broke the TV and the remote. Like that game makes me angry. I cannot play it. I've gotten myself knocked out. I don't know how many times. <laughs> trying to like actually play the video game but i'm doing moves like on the bed trying to put them in submission holds and it just doesn't work for me but it's really cool like my family my friends and a lot of fans especially around fight time yeah. they're sending me like video clips of everybody playing and doing different things and like determining who's going to be the winner of the fights yeah. and that's really cool to see it um but for me personally like i'll stick to like shooting games and like call of duty <laughs> and because when I'm trying to play something that I actually do for a living, it's super frustrating. 
can imagine. No, those are the best games, the shoot 'em ups and stuff are all the best. So just to kind of top off there, so if you can fight anybody in any organisation, and I mean, you pretty fought, pretty much fought most people in the UFC anyway in that division. So if you can fight anybody in any organisation, who would it be and why? Um, you know, honestly, like, I like the competition in UFC, mm-hmm. um, just because I feel like, obviously, that's the biggest stage in the sport. Um, but like I said, I, anybody who does this sport, like, I love challenges. I feed off of challenges. I thrive off of adren- adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm down to fight whoever. Like, I will never turn down a fight. But obviously... Um, I would definitely love, she's been ducking me since the ultimate fighter. So I would definitely love to fight Juliana Pena and I cannot get the girl to sign a dotted line at all. But, um, so, I mean, that would be just, that one's just more of like something for me personally coming back from all those years. Mm -hmm. Uh, but obviously I definitely want to fight Amanda again. I mean, she has what I want. So did you see the Juliana Pena? Um, can it Amanda show when she was kind of calling her out and demanding the title shot and stuff? What's into that? I don't think Amanda's even interested. No, no <laughs> like I at all. Think so. And like the fact that like I don't know, it's frustrating to watch as a as an athlete and just seeing all of it because it's like I know that I've been trying to get her to fight and like I'm ranked yeah. fourth in the world. And the girl doesn't even want to fight me, but then she thinks that she's going to get this world title shot and. It's just, it's super annoying coming from that perspective. Yeah. But then being the athlete, like, I understand where she's coming from. But one day, one day I'm going to get that. No, I think, I think, I mean, for all we know, it could be in the next year or so. Things are all going well on that. But um, I appreciate you taking time to come on. It's good to finally get you on for a wee chat. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you fight in June. I'm looking forward to seeing who you're going to be fighting. So we'll be keeping a wee eye out for that. Um, where could we find Raquel Pennant and on the social medias for fans? Um, so for social media, I, uh, I have an Instagram, it's Raquel underscore Pennington. And then I do Twitter, which is Rocky P MMA. Um, I do have a TikTok, but I mostly use TikTok for just editing my videos just to post on Instagram. Cause it's super Me easy. Well. To use. I do it as well. <laughs> yeah. It's super easy to use. And I am way more addicted browsing on TikTok than actually yeah. posting stuff and being super active on that. But those are my social media platforms um, that I do pretty much stay pretty active on mm-hmm. and try to stay pretty personal with fans and stuff. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, when I'm doing these podcasts, ESPN, watching me on TV. So Awesome. No, I appreciate your time again and good luck in June and can't wait to see you fight. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's good Take talking it easy, to you. easy, all right? Thank you, pal. You too.